DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. Monsignor Essif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Essif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the Pontifical Missions, a Catholic organization established by Pope St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, and sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. So what's on your heart today, Monsignor? Today is the Magnificat, that we should have that same spirit of gratitude that Mary had. That if we really and truly recognize that when the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus in her womb, that the first time that Christ made entrance into the world was by her fiat. And she becomes impregnated because of that faith and trust. And of course, the divine love that was in her heart from her immaculate conception. Now, this becomes a person, Jesus, in her. That same spirit has come upon us. And we, in this Advent, reawakening of our spirit have realized more than ever that Christ is in me so that every Christian at this point is brought to this crescendo of my soul magnifies the Lord and I could see myself yesterday just wanting to shout out My soul magnifies the Lord because what happened to Mary, she's the first one it happened to, has happened to me and to you and to all of us who will really understand. But she has a warning in this, on this day of her Magnificat, as she is there with her cousin Elizabeth magnifying the Lord She has a great audience, Elizabeth, who sees that she did believe that the Holy Spirit was really doing this and had come upon her, and now she is the mother of the Lord. Those who hear this, that you are as as grateful as Mary herself, because Christ is in you, she is not only the seat of wisdom, She is the mother of good counsel. And she's going to say, you know, children, maybe you're not there yet. And so the church is kind of bringing us back to a little bit of reality here. The Catholic Church today, all over the world, the church in Lebanon, the church in Syria, the church in Iraq, the church in Israel, the church in Egypt, the church in France, the church in Australia, the church in India, 
the church is Christ in the world today. Do we have the church and all of us together? Well, let's go back to the book of Samuel, this prophet. And we have, here he is with a beautiful member of the Anuim, the humble and the lowly, which Mary talks about in her Magnificat. A reading from the first book of Samuel. In those days, Hannah brought Samuel with her, along with a three-year-old bull and an ephna of flour and a skin of wine, and presented him at the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. After the boy's father had sacrificed the young bull, Hannah, his mother, approached Eli and said, Pardon me, my lord. As you live, my lord, I am the woman who stood near you here, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord granted my request. Now I, in turn, give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. She left Samuel there. The Word of the Lord. Well, here's a lowly one. Wow, what an example of what Mary talked about. God blessing the lowly. This prophet, Samuel, who was going to, to anoint the kings of, of Israel. He, here he is now. He is a baby, a, a child that has been prayed for and sacrificed for. Notice the sacrifice that she brings. She brings a sacrifice of a bull, this a young, a three-year-old bull, which she slaughters and gives to the priest as a sacrifice. Notice what she offers, bread and wine. You know, all over the world, we are going to offer a sacrifice this coming Christmas. We are all going to offer Jesus as our sacrifice, his body, his blood, his soul, and divinity on our altars. And what does she have? Bread and wine. Who does she give him to? The priest, Eli. What a bad priest. And he had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they're going to get killed carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And he is going to die because he's been a bad priest. And those two have been scoundrels. And they just never repented. Here is the the head of the temple. And he's got sons who are like himself that he's brought up. And now Mary is such a spokesperson. The feast of Our Lady of Fatima, where Remember who she came to? She came to Lucia and Francesco and Jacinta. What did she talk about? She talked about the need all over the world for sacrifice, for prayer, and for reconciliation, and also for reparation for souls. And we are... Christ in the world. What did he do? He sacrificed and he offered himself 
And what is he going to do with Christmas? The same thing. Mary, recognizing that now the Savior has come, this gospel is introduced with these words. This is what the church is singing today. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm, and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. When she says all generations will call her blessed, that's humility. Why? Because it's the truth. God is in her womb. It's because of the Almighty who has done great things for her. And she had the qualities for it. And in this 21st century, if we have been truly coming along in this time of Advent, if we have become more and more aware that the holiness that I have is in him and through him and with him, Jesus, who is in me by my baptism, who is in me by my confirmation, who is in me by my marriage vows, who is in me by my ordination, who is in me by grace, who is in me by Eucharist. And his mercy reaches from age to age that he could love me so much. Look at his face. The father looks at me and I am his child. The the father looks at you and you are his daughter. This is very important. She's beginning to teach us. She's going to go back and forth from lowliness to pride, from humility to princes and those in charge, from hunger to riches, from those who are servants to those who are mighty. Notice this language of the Magnificat. He has routed the proud of heart. He has pulled down the princes from their thrones. He has exalted the lowly. When I am aware of who I truly am, then as I look in the depths of my being, I can see that there is nothing except him who loves me, Jesus. 
the truth about me is not that I'm bad. The truth about me is that I am nothing. He created me, he redeemed me, and he has filled me with his grace. And then I depend totally on him because the only one who has looked back at the face of the Father with that kind of humility is Jesus. That's who looked back at the Father through Mary and saw the Father's face shining on her. And he who is almighty has done great things for me. And like Mary, we who are in him and with him and through him can see the face of the Father with perfect clarity. And as he looks at us, oh, who does he see? He sees Jesus, the hungry. What a magnificent opening to us at this particular time. These are just a few days. The sun is about to come into the world. The light is about to radiate through the whole world. And that is Jesus. Clearly, in me and in you. When he comes into us, into the church, when the church becomes more and more purified for the arrival of the Savior, the sun will blast out through every member of the church. The darkness that we're experiencing is because, and I was noticing it so many times in the various things that have been happening this Advent. When I saw a priest in tears yesterday, weeping for his sins, I saw a beginning of great conversions. When I see religious transforming nuns who really have gone so far from the beauty when I, so far from the imitation of the heart of Mary in their religious lives, when I see women, men, husbands and wives returning to their vows of marriage, when I see them coming again to an, a deep awareness of the love of husband and wife, the darkness that's around marriage is so deep. And this, this particular Advent season, the dawn is coming. Young people are becoming aware that their parents many times have led them astray into a lot of darkness. And a lot of parents have realized that their children have been led astray that Christ is in your children and Christ is in your parents and Christ is the center of family life and the enthronement of Jesus in your home is the radiance of Christ in every heart in that family. The newness that's going to come into the whole world, magnificat, my soul, magnifies the word. My spirit rejoices 
in God my Savior, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. We are magnifying the Lord because, like her, Christ has come to dwell, enthroned in our hearts as king and center of our hearts. The Immaculate Heart of Mary is one with the heart of Jesus, and so she magnifies the Lord. The heart of every one of us is the same heart as Jesus, and Mary's heart has led us this day to an awareness that her heart has become like his because of humility, because of lowliness, because of simplicity, because of total dependence upon God. Mary is our mother and our guide and our example and our exemplar. Mary is the first disciple, and we, in imitation of her on this magnificent day, are students and children of that model and that mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How beautiful, Monsignor. Yes. And it really is a quite an incredible example of, and it seems almost cliche to say it, but of humility. There's this moment where she comes to Elizabeth. She never made it about her. It was Elizabeth that made that pronouncement. And Mary's response, it, it's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Well, you know what, uh, when you point that out, there's nothing, uh, many times, I, I'm, I hope artists can capture this. I have a, an image. This is a challenge to those of you who are artists. I have a, a, an image of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. But I, I challenge you as an artist. Because what I'm seeing in her eyes, in her face, is something so different than what's on the uh, what's on the faces. Even Our Lady of Fatima, it just it isn't there. I would love to just have an artist just capture that 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 you're talking about, that otherness. When when you look at her, she she's looking at him in you. She is, is everyone she looks at. When she looks at me, she's if from that picture, if you could see her, not looking at me, but looking at you. Wow. That, that is like her heart, and that's what it's always saying. Every beat of her heart is the love. When, when Jesus said to her from the cross, Behold your, your child, then you, from that moment on, are her daughter, and I am her son. That, she loves us. When she became the, the, that mother on Calvary of the dying Jesus, 
At that moment, she became the mother of mankind. That's, that was her time. And she gave birth at Christmas to Jesus. But on Calvary, she gave birth to us. What labor pains. And when she produced this new child, it was you and it was me. Mary is so great. You know, that Revelations 12, that moment where she is, the, the woman giving birth. And when you really look at the scripture really, really close, I mean, Christ has, has already been born. And so baby, as you said, the child that is being born in that Revelation 12 that the evil one is waiting to devour. I know that so many times we think of it just as Jesus, but it really is. He's trying to devour all of the children of the church. All yep. of all of that's what that dragon is trying to devour, isn't it? Yep. Yes. Yes. And and we see in Eli and Phineas and and Hophni, we see what Jesus came when he becomes our high priest. This is this is the priest. This is where you're going to go to mass. This is the truth about the church this Christmas. So this bread and wine, which we're offering at the altar. This is the sacrifice. This is the prayer. This is the, the rep- reparation for the whole world that we can offer. It doesn't mean that we're going to have to be killed like they are being killed in Syria. But sometimes it takes that for us to awaken to the truth of who we are. Mm-hmm. And so when you stand at the altar who, I forget who that priest was in France when he was standing right at the altar and that extremist Muslim came in and killed him. That wakens us all to France and Iraq and wherever they find these mass graves or those people that are dying in Libya or Christians that are Coptic Christians or Chaldean Christians, we all are the church, and she is our mother. Now we're standing right there on Calvary, and she's saying, magnify the Lord. Rejoice. Today, rejoice. This Christmas, that's the light that's in us. Monsignor, yesterday I talked to two different people, and they both still, they're devout Catholics. They have a great joy and a love for the church and for the Lord, and yet they still struggle with the idea that, okay, Christ is in us. What does that mean? It's almost like they, it's in their head they understand, well, I'm members of the church, and I am going to minister to Christ to others, but they still, this idea that Christ is in me, because the Father and I are one, that means the Father's there, that means in where He is, that's where the heaven is, and they just, people still struggle with that. See, now, let's pray and continue to pray, and those who may come to realize it, and because of their new awareness of it, the Holy Spirit, it was the Holy Spirit who came on Mary and she conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no one but the Holy Spirit now who comes upon the church 
in that first coming upon the church and in tongues of fire, that let's continue to pray that that same Holy Spirit will come down on the church now, tomorrow, the next, and then Christmas, that he will bring this new light to the truth, because the truth is the only way that we can come to know he who is the truth to stir in our hearts, to bring us to the vision. Oh, that's who I am. And I know that I am him because I can look at the face of the Father. And it's only Jesus who can reveal that. No one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal it. That God is not so much that you're Jesus, that God is your Father. Your real Father. Yesterday, there's this poor enmeshed Italian. It's an enmeshed Italian family. And he's really a slave in his father's shop. And his father doesn't love him. He's just using him and manipulating him. He's gone to some psychologist and they don't know how to set him free. But he is really a child of God. His father is not that Italian man who's pushing him down. His real father is God. When that particular sperm fertilized that egg and that soul that came into this beautiful man, he is God's child by baptism. He is no longer, you're not Italian. You're not Polish. You're not Lebanese. You are God's child. You are a Christian. You are in him. It doesn't mean that you don't have that culture as your, your, your culture in which you came. But it purifies it. It cleanses it. Holiness is not being Italian. Holiness is not eating spaghetti and meatballs. And the world has to come to know that simple stuff. That's what locks us in. No, we are God's son, God's daughter. Final thought, Monsignor. Yeah, I really love that introduction to the gospel because it it really says so much about the church because it gives us those words from the church itself. King of the peoples at cornerstone of the church, come and save mankind whom you made from the dust of the earth. Hallelujah. God bless. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif.